Hey, Lights, Camera, Barstool listeners, you can find us every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. For us, golf is simple. It's a chance to get out and have some fun with our friends. But inevitably, little things have a way of ruining it. The group ahead is taking forever. You can't find the fairway with a map. And the Bev cart is nowhere to be found. And the best way to make a bad day better is Fireball Whiskey. You get their nips, the little shooters. They are great. Makes a bad day way, way, way better. Make sure to grab the new Fireball Birdie Shot Club. It's literally a golf club filled with Fireball nips. Put it in your bag. It'll fit right in that side pocket. Drink Fireball nips and have a great time on the golf course. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. What killed the dinosaurs? Guys, I. You want to come and chat with you? I'm going to make you famous, Lizzie. It's not Al anymore. It's Dunk. Dunkachino? Don't mind if I do. I'm the Joker, baby. <laughs> Welcome to Lights, Camera, Barstool, episode 111. You got me here in Blade Runner, New York City, and you got Gooch over in Chicago getting ready for the dozen, which airs later the day of this recording. Oh, no, it's already aired. Well, the day of this recording. The day of this recording, as like, yeah. Yeah, if, if you're listening to it now, it's already out, so go watch it. Um, because the spoilers will be all over the timeline. Sorry, Mm -hmm. but it's just going to happen. Yeah, just be prepared for that. So (laughs) it's, it's one of those things like I I think almost not in the same vein as like that, as if the dozens in the same vein as like primetime television, but like when people would bitch about game of Thrones spoilers or something, you know what I mean? Like as it was airing, that was the worst. If, If you're, if you're a Sunday night drama on HBO, the spoiler list Monday morning. That is the rule. Like, mm. realistically, you shouldn't be on the timeline on Sunday night. If you're watching an HBO show like that, like any kind of premiere television, you're watching along or you're just going to have to wait. Yeah, exactly. To, to be part of the discourse or however you want to call it. Uh, but yeah, make sure you check out The Dozen if you haven't already. Uh, but we do have a couple of news things. And then we're going to do a draft of, a, we, we're calling it like apocalypse dystopian disaster movies. Uh, just to kind of play along with this whole giant smoke haze that's I, I'm looking at outside my window right now. Uh, I got sequestered into the bedroom today because my girlfriend was like, I have an actual meeting for actually important stuff happening. So you have to go to the bed. You have to go record in the bedroom. I was like, yes, ma'am. And now I'm stuck with everyone seeing that I have a too high TV on the dresser to the to the right of the bed. It's, it's definitely close. It's, it's on the it's on the edge of being too high. Uh, here, I'll give you for reference. It's up there. Oh fuck! It's really high. <laughs> it's it's really high. Yeah, and it's yeah. to the side of the bed. We just didn't have a better spot for it. Uh, like we don't have enough vertical space acro- across from the bed. But it is what it is. It was a free TV, so wasn't gonna bitch about it. Yeah. It was, uh, what is that? Uh, a Roku Sanyo. It is a Roku. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a very I, good I call. Know my, I know my. That's the that's the $180 TV from Walmart. Yeah, this this one this one very free, thank uh, thankfully. Uh, but yeah, we got some movie news. The first being that Tom Holland is taking a break, a year long break from acting, and he says it's because of how hard filming the crowded room uh, was, how bad that shoot was, and that series, by the way, is getting panned like pretty much across the board. Like nobody, everyone says like the same kind of thing, which is like Holland is good, but the show sucks, which like. That's rough. If you went through a shoot that's that hard, one that's like debilitating to you as an actor, and everyone's like, "Yeah, he's really good." Everything else about it is bad. That just sucks, man. That stinks. I, I feel like they feel bad for him, because um, he has clearly just had. I mean, he's had a couple things that have been good, I guess. Like Devil All the Time, pretty solid, right? I like Plus that. Yeah. Easy. Um, very small, smaller role, but good. But outside of that, good lord, I think his brother is his agent too, which is not a. Uh, it can go either way when you when you do that kind of thing, and I think it's gone the other way. Yeah, I mean, do you remember how bad Chaos Walking? Was? Chaos Walking was rough, but that was rough for him and another actress who I feel like is in that same 
stratosphere, which is uh, Daisy Ridley. Like Daisy Ridley, I think is also in that same sort of like, I don't know what you would call it, like limbo of like, yeah, I think this person's a really good actor. It's just they haven't outside of like their main franchise gotten a chance to really do anything big or good. That's, that's tough that he's like, yeah, the film was tough. It's not like, it's very clearly getting to him. Yeah. Hold on, by the way. You said my mic, my mic sounds weird. Yeah, it's Jeff a little Snow. underwatery. Oh, using Jeff Snowball. Everyone, then this, this is podcasting 101. And not that everyone listening to this can relate, but the first microphone you ever get when you start a podcast is the blue snowball. Cause it's a cheap, it's like, I don't know how to explain it, but it's the, they're like giving an analogy, but it's like the cheapest fucking thing you can get. It's almost like, um, like professional gamers would move to like Turtle Beach headsets, but like you're starting out with skull candies. Like this is the skull candies of podcasting microphones, the the snowball. Uh, I eventually upgraded to the Sure mic, which I think is pretty good. I didn't, although I just realized it's not yeah, even totally I'm gonna, connected. But. I'm gonna disconnect it and see what it sounds like. Yeah, Let's see, it's any better? Yeah, it sounds exactly the same, which means it wasn't connected. <laughs> that's this is just the this is this is great behind the scenes work of how how the the what do you call it, the sausage is made i guess with listening to idiots talk about movies and tv it's just so fucking it's it's can be a, a drag sometimes plus i'm sure the chicago internet isn't as good as you might imagine all right mike is fixed we're good to go uh next piece of uh, news was our Sokotano teaser um teaser itself i think interesting you just get like a couple quick flashes of shit and you don't really get like a full glimpse of everything that's going on which is great because that's something we've bitched about a lot is just like teasers and trailers revealing too much um but this one gives you not a ton uh cast on this uh i think people know most of the big hitters like rosario dawson obviously as sogatano as she's appeared in um mandalorian and all that uh, hayden christensen's gonna show up for an episode ray stevenson's playing balen skull cool ass name Mary Elizabeth Winstead playing Harrison Dula. Great ass name. Tamora Morrison come back as Captain Rex. David Tennant is playing a character, I think a robot. Uh, Lars Mikkelsen, Mads Mikkelsen's brother, who voiced Grand Animal Thrawn in uh, Rebels, is playing him in live action, which is obviously awesome. Uh, and then Iman Esfandi is playing Ezra Bridger, uh, which is another character a lot of people have wanted to see in live action too, which is sick. Uh, but yeah, I'm very excited for Ahsoka. And they, just, they said it's going to be dropping August 23rd, which is like not insanely far away. And since like last season, Amando maybe a little shakier than the rest, um, all relative again to how good the first two seasons were. Uh, this one, all created by Filoni, it's his brainchild. Like I think we're going to get a nice, good return to form here. Yeah, I mean, the the online and it, Star Wars fans have completely turned into Star Wars fans. Hold on, I gotta move. I think Are they about to do something in here. All right, in a different room, still talking Ahsoka. But um, the Star Wars fandom has completely, they've, they've, they're doing the thing. They're doing the thing, if you haven't noticed online, where they've completely turned on one of their, not completely, but a large faction of the fandom has completely turned on Dave Filoni for one average season of, it's not even, it wasn't even a bad season. It was just kind of rocky at points and not, a, not up to the standard that the first two seasons set. And now they're like, oh, yeah, it's going to Dave Filoni doesn't know what he's doing. He's just doing fan service. It's like, dude, Star Wars, that's all Star Wars is. It's all fan service. All like, what are we talking about here? <laughs> mm-hmm. It makes no sense to me. I have complete faith. Ahsoka is his baby. That is his baby. If there's one project that I have like complete faith in at this actually will and or season two also. But outside of that, Ahsoka is the one where I'm like, yeah, this this is going to be good. I have faith. I mean, she's just a dope-ass character. Those two lightsabers look so fucking cool in action. Um, that robot, by the way, <laughs> what a ridiculous robot. What a ridiculous he's, he's, robot. And you said David, Dr. Who's David voicing Tennant. it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, no. I, I'm I'm pumped for this. August 23rd, um, the day after my birthday, it'll be a nice little present. I might stay up that night, just watch it drunk as shit. I don't know. <laughs> um, I, I'm... I'm I'm very excited for this. Um, especially, I just want to watch that. Like I said, man, the, the most recent se- season of Mando wasn't bad, but it is like I want, I want something good. Yeah, it's just relative, you know what I mean. And that's why people I think freaked out. But yeah, Soka, I think it's like you said, like this is a character he would never fuck up. 
you know, for for Filoni for for many reasons. Like he doesn't really fuck up ever. And maybe you could say like the the Mando season three might have been affected by the fact that he was doing Ahsoka around the same time and a little bit of a split focus. But like he wouldn't fuck up Ahsoka. I, I that's just like that's that literally is his brainchild and a character that he knows is beloved by so many people and one that's really like shouldn't have worked. You know what I mean? Like when you consider what the Star Wars fandom is and like 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 just like as far as like a general fan base goes no, numbers demographics wise like he's like hey i'm going to introduce a young teenage girl to a, to accompany anakin skywalker on his adventures during the clone wars and it on paper i never would have imagined star wars fans connecting with that and over time it just worked which is crazy and awesome and I, I'm, I'm very happy that he's able to get this in live action so then i don't think he'd fuck it up i agree with you there's no way do you uh, how- how much of Thrawn do you think we get? Do you think it's a like end of season? Like they, you finally get the confrontation at the end of the season, or do you think there's a confrontation like episode one? I feel like I, he's going to want much to be Thrawn. like. I think he wants it to be like cat and mouse. If I would have picture it in my head. There we go. Are you a big Ezra works. Bridger? Are you are you an Ezra guy? I, I didn't like him when I first started Rebels. I liked him more as it went on. It, it definitely, that's another thing. Same thing with like Ahsoka. Like at, at start, I'm just like, I, the punky Brewster kid, like I'm just not into <laughs> that sort of thing. You know what I mean? And then, but then over time it gets better and I, I enjoy it more. Uh, I always yeah, liked, we'll uh, Can, what was his master's name? Kanan or Kanan? Kanan Jarrus. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, guy Freddy was dope. Jr. Forgot about that. He gave, he gave us that fucking that 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 fake <laughs> fucking uh, news bite of what was it uh, that uh, Filoni had directed that scene in Rogue One, and just every single person that worked with Rogue One was like on our ass about it. We're like, we didn't fucking, we don't know. He just told us that. Like, if he's lying, don't we come sh- in our throats over it. <laughs> we should. Uh, what we should start doing with all of our guests that come on the pod is just like do two truths and a lie, <laughs> like. Give us two truths and a lie from your career, and then we just cut the lie and like put yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah. You're like, look, look what they said, and just let people fucking go ballistic because that one, that news did go crazy. Um, but yeah. So anyway, next one. Uh, they announced after, and this is, I guess, a little bit of a spoiler for Spider uh, Across the Spider Verse. So, but like, not really. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, but yeah. So in Spider Verse, there's a se- sequence that was really funny. It was a little Lego sequence. Um, and it's just kind of like a really quick, like bang, bang thing that they only went back to, I think two times. Uh, and they announced it uh, yesterday that it was created by a 14 year old kid named Preston Mutanga. Um, it's just like Peter Parker, Lego dimensional anomaly. And, uh, it was fucking awesome. It was a cool scene. And the fact that it was, they let a 14 year old handle it is awesome. And I just, I love when they like let people who are like really passionate about this shit, even though they're not really professionals, like kind of like do this and i know the kid's dad they said had to build a whole new computer just to render the graphics for it uh which is fucking crazy but uh i love that shit same with that kid that used to do i remember this is like like three four years ago he used to do like uh uh marvel and star wars and shit like effects like you do all these crazy things he used to do, like do cosplay as miles morales too and like they let him do stuff too which is cool uh, i'm really into that sort of stuff are you talking I, about I uh, jillian bass yeah, i think you're right yeah i think that's talking about jillian yeah, yeah. Shout out, shout out, Julian. He actually uh, he listens to the pod and follows us. Um, yeah, he was awesome, cool guy. Um, but yeah, no, the fourteen year old thing, very funny. Did you see like the what the kid said about like working on the project? Like, apparently, this was not like you would think. You get that project and you stop working on any schoolwork. You just kind of, I would give up on school and be like, this is what I'm going to do. Fuck everything else. No, he he said he would work on it after his homework. And like he worked on it during spring break of this year and like finished finish it up like very recently. Um, did it all in Blender. Uh, it's not stop animation, which is like the typical like Lego thing. But he fucking crushed it. I mean, that was one of the funniest gags. And if not the funniest gag in the whole movie was you're one of our best, Peter. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Little noises. Yeah, dude, the noises were so good. I forgot about that. Holy shit. Uh, very funny and just cool. Uh, you know I mean, what I mean? It's like a cool fan moment. It is. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we see way more of the way more of this shit moving forward. Obviously, like you brought up um, Julian Bass, who's worked with Marvel and Star Wars. They also had the um, 
I'm blanking on his name, but the guy who did the re he redid the Luke CGI. Yeah, from yeah. the Mando season finale, and they brought him in to do the the Luke CGI on the Book of Boba Fett. Um, like, there's just so many talented people online, especially in like that world, like the graphics, like and video editing world. That like, why not just pluck them from the internet? Like, why not? Especially kids. Mm-hmm. Like, kids have so much time on their hand. <laughs> Don't have to pay them. <laughs> What if you didn't get paid? Super fun. <laughs> yeah, never pay them. Super creative. Just never gonna get paid. They uh and that always that I feel like that always works better. Like this video editing type of kid that you pluck or like creative mind kid versus like the who's that fucking Canadian dunker guy that they try to get in like a G League? Do, do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, is, I forget Scorpion or some shit. I don't fucking know. But whenever they try and grab like a street baller or like a street football guy, like it really never works out. But like the the, the editing dudes. Always. Yeah. Or like trying to pull uh like Addison Ray and put her in a fucking movie. Like that <laughs> come on. Not no, that's a, I feel like that's a whole, totally different animal. Fuck that, man. I just I she, the fact that like she's getting chances over people that like I don't know, fucking earn it or like Bella Porch or whatever, like that shit. It fucking grinds my gears. As a fucking old man really would say. Is. Uh so- also, did I didn't see it on the rundown, but Spider-Verse, the, or Beyond, the third one, that movie's not coming out next year, is it? I don't think so. <laughs> their, their, their quotes, it's, it's slated for March, but their quotes are like, oh, it's not close. <laughs> yeah, they're not even close to done. Although, if, I mean, if that kid finished the, the Lego thing that late and it made it into the final cut, like that seamlessly, I mean, fucking maybe, I don't know. But that would mean they'd have to be done in like yeah. January. <laughs> you know what I mean? And even then that feels way too close for like a general for like the production process. I'd, I'd imagine like the backbone of the animation is done. But the fact that like Haley Steinfeld hasn't recorded lines <laughs> like shit like that. Like that's not, that's a main character. Yeah. It's one of the it's one of the biggest speaking roles in the movie. <laughs> Arguably the co-main with Miles this this movie. Yeah, you could argue she was the yeah the main character in the last movie. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't know. There's there's so much yeah. Spider Man news right now. It's it has become my entire timeline. Um, there's people react. It's I don't know if it's because the new Twitter algorithm like forces you to see shit that you just keep clicking on. But my whole, entire timeline has been Spider Verse stuff, and there's just a, so many ridiculous stories out there. Like, did you see Shamik Moore wants to? He wants to play Miles in live action. Yeah, uh, he's there. He's thirty years old. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to work, my man. Got to give up that pipe dream while while you still can. Uh, then the next thing is um uh the poor thing trailer. The next Yorgos movie, Yorgos Lanthimos. Where where I feel like where we're tentative Yorgos guys. I remember like when Favor came out, we were like singing on the rooftops about it. Uh, Lobster's a tougher one to try and recommend to people. But favorite man is so goddamn good. I mean, obviously you know, garnered a bunch of Oscar shit. Uh, but this one, the incredible tale and fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, a young woman brought back to life by the brilliant and unorthodox scientist Doctor Godwin Baxter, uh, Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, Willem Dafoe, Margaret Qualley, who I'm sure you're. That's one of your horny selects, right? If I remember correctly, uh, and Rami Youssef. I mean, cor- correct me Jeez. if I'm wrong there. I mean. I got a lot of them. Listen, I got a lot of them. Emma Stone's in there yeah. too. Emma Stone is in there too. She, uh, so, so I mean, Trail so looks is cool. Will. So is Willem Dafoe, looks, even in that prosthetic. Yeah, so is Willem Dafoe and his big old honking dick. <laughs> <He's> got, <laughs> so big they had to like edit it out, or what was it, Jesus of Nazareth or something? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I agree with you though. This movie looks, this movie looks fucking awesome. I think like it looks really, <laughs> really. It just looks fun and different. It looks like um, Emma Stone is basically doing a Lucille Ball playing Frankenstein impression. And it, it works tremendously. Like The one thing you can say about Yorgos is he's not going to put out something unoriginal. Everything he's always put out has always been like different, catches your eye, and this is in the same vein. I, I'm very excited for this. And always a good sign when you get a trailer early, early in the year. For stuff like this, Like they're confident in it. 
Yeah, I think the big thing that stuck out to me was like mostly the visuals. Uh, a lot of really cool scapes. You know what I mean? Like this, this big cityscape, big like seascape, like all this cool shit. Um, character. I mean, all the actors in this are fantastic for the most part. Although I'm still like with Mark Ruffalo, I'm so in between on him where I'm just like, I don't know if he can act. Like I don't know, and he's been around for a while. All right. So what what is his best performance? That's that's the real question. Because like I'm, I'm like, okay, yeah. Good in spotlight, no doubt. Dark water or whatever that the Zodiac about that last. Was he great in Zodiac though? He was good in Zodiac, but he also didn't really need to carry the load. Like he wasn't like the main in that. No, no, he wasn't at all. Um, So yeah, I'm with you. And he he feels if I had to critique one thing from this trailer, he looks entirely out of place. He looks very out of place. Like he just does. He doesn't fit the vibe at all. Yeah, I don't know. I'm into I'm into the Go idea back. regardless, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's funny because like you hear Yorgos movie and like you're all right, all right, count down to the fisheye lens, and it maybe happens within the first like 20 seconds of the trailer, <laughs> right? Yeah. You also Dude, see uh, the more. guy from the the guy from SNLs in this. I can't remember his name. Who? Let me pull up oh, the cast. Wait, I'm is it like a good SNL name. person or? No, no, it's one of the newer guys. Was it poor things? IMDb. Oh man, who is it? It's gonna be a badass. Jared Carmichael. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Never mind. Yeah, no, I'm in. I'm in on that. I mean, this entire cast, again, with maybe the exception of of Mark Ruffalo. Not that we're Mark Ruffalo haters. I'm I'm very in on it. Uh, Cool ass trailer too. I'm not. To be clear, I'm not. I'm not a hater. I just think he has like limits to what he should be doing and what he actually does. Yeah, it's very. He's he's just a tough nut to crack for me as a viewer. You know what I mean? As I don't know how else to put it. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's Ooh. that's all of our news for today. Um, all right, before we get to our draft, let's hear from Anthony Ramos, star of the new Transformers movie. Really cool interview. Very down to earth dude. Got a lot of uh, interesting behind the scenes stuff for both Transformers, uh, some Hamilton stuff, some other things. Uh, excited for you guys to hear. Now we're going to do a little draft. We're going to do a draft of our uh, apocalypse, dystopian, disaster movies. I, I got a lot. I didn't put, even put them in order yet because like, I, I like every single movie I have on here like a lot. So it's, it was tough for me to kind of organize. Uh, but I think I just shoot from the hip. Uh, you can go first and I'll go second on this one. I mean, I, I, I hate to do it. <laughs> and I probably take it. I think I've taken this like first overall in so many drafts right. at this point. Yeah, it's Blade Runner 2049. I mean, it, it just is. And I, I, I'm i not going to like sit here and go over it like because I've done it so many times. Now. I, I just love the movie. But the, the, the cityscape of New York City right now looks exactly like the desert in Blade Runner 2049. It is remarkable how similar mm-hmm. they actually look. Shall I take your order, or do you need a minute? Yes, I'll be ready. Just buying a car on Carvana. What? It's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. What? That's handy. Yeah, now I'm customizing my down and monthly payments. What? That's an exquisite deal. And just like that, Carvana's delivering my car in a couple days. What? Oh, yeah. Uh, Sorry, I'll have the burrito. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may apply. <laughs> the one that killed me was like, uh, I can't remember who tweeted, but they're like going out to the bodega. Do you need anything? It's just a picture of, just a picture, just a picture of him. Of that, yeah. Just like, it, it's, it's the, uh, like the first Blade Runner obviously set the gold standard for what sci-fi should look like in that sphere. And I think this did the same exact thing, which was a tough ass to do. Like, can you follow up an all-timer? And I think it did it perfectly. Like, the visuals mm-hmm. truly are just, it, it might be the most beautiful film I've ever seen. I mean, in terms of visuals, it, it's it's shocking. I, I, I wish a theater would put it back on screen. I never see it happen. I see the original Blade Runner come to screens occasionally. I think it's playing at the IFC Center in New York City, actually, this weekend. But you never see... Uh, you never see 2049 like put back on screens and I, I really wish they would. Cause I would pay like, I'd pay 40 bucks to go see it in IMAX. 
Yeah, it is kind of, I like how you put it that way too, because like that movie really was the first one. And there's been a few of these throughout his, the cinema history, like benchmark movies in sci fi. Like The Matrix is another good example. Like there's a lot of movies like that mm-hmm. where it's just, this is the now the gold standard for the next 10 years. Like you want to be able to match what they did in this. Uh, and even then, like 30, 40 years later, some people can't. Uh, but yeah, that, that's Blade Runner for 2049, plus Ana de which was a good idea. She's a, a revelation, some would yeah. say. So they need to bring back that. Yeah. They need to bring back that TikTok trend where all the girls are dancing like yeah, yeah. The one <laughs> that trend was very funny because I was like, are they dancing like the hologram from <laughs> like the there's? It's only in the movie for two seconds. <laughs> for two seconds, maybe if that maybe, <laughs> and that, like it became a trend for some reason. A movie that not I doubt many of the people doing the dance have actually seen because. It's not like a big, big critical or not big commercial success. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's very funny to me. Bring that trend back. Yeah. I won't be opposed. I saw the uh, b- behind the scenes of that happening, um, like how they film that scene with the Under Armour. It's very funny. She's just sitting there with, on a green screen with like all this shit on, like the, I don't know what you call it, like cheerleader outfit basically on. It's like doing the little, the little jig. And then they show you like the, how it looks after. It's just, it's funny to watch a lot of the behind the scenes shit on that. Um. All right. I get back to back, and I will do first another movie where like the scape looked very similar yesterday to here, which is Mad Max. Uh, another movie where we talk about. I feel like we draft all the time. Anytime we do sci-fi or big action movie or anything like that. Um. So not a ton to rehash on, but I mean one of the coolest action movies of the last twenty years. Like just insane, high-profile action, cool shit. Like it, it. So much of it feels, even if a lot of it's CGI, feels practical, looks real, gets you engaged in it. Uh, cool soundtrack, great acting, um, and just like very, uh, I guess you could say like bare bones, if that makes sense. Like there's not a lot of frills in Mad Max where it's like you need to pay attention to this subplot or this thing or this distraction or this, this. It's like, hey, they are chasing them across the desert and you will want them to escape. And that's it. Like, that's all you really need to know. And I, I appreciate that about Mad Max um, Fury Road a whole ton. Uh, you could also, I, I didn't even mention it. I, uh, I said Mad Max, not even Fury Road. Either of them could be on this list easily. Uh, the original Mad Max is awesome as well, but I would pick Fury Road, which I think is a better movie. Um, and then, yeah, I, th- I think like that's without a doubt, right? Is there anyone out there who disagrees at this point? I mean, Mel Gibson. The original Mad Max is great, but like what the what Fury Road did is it's just like uh, Maverick, where the first one was good and like it is iconic, but the the follow up and obviously Mad Max had more sequels in between, but the the follow up decades later is just a tremendous step up in practically every aspect, like the visuals, the acting, the the dialogue, like everything is just taken to another level. Mm-hmm. I got a my Top Gun Maverick. I don't know if you can see it from here. That my Top Gun Maverick framed and poster. Uh, the, I got the poster and the ticket from when we went to the screening framed. Right up there. Ooh. I don't know if you can see it from your angle, but that's cool. I, no, I, I, I got that. Because... I came home and I was like, I'm framing it. Dude, I remember the first time I saw uh <laughs> I saw Top Gun Maverick twice in theaters. And the reason is because the first time I bought a ticket and uh, you guys didn't see this theater at Regal, but they have this thing called 270. And I didn't know what it was. So I just bought it. And I was like, all right. I'm going to do this because it was like, I mean, the theaters were packed for that movie. And I was like, all right, well, I can get a good seat in this theater. I come in. It's like, all right, screen at the front. They have screens on the side of the walls. Oh, like you're you're in like a multi-monitor setup? Yes. It was one of the most nauseating experiences of my life. Like, because it it was so, it's the most ridiculous like theater idea ever. Like, I don't know. That and the forty, the forty X is worse. I think if you go to a forty X movie, you're a psychopath. The thing that like moves the seat while yeah. you're while you're watching it, I think you're a psychopath if you do that. This is almost as bad. It was mm-hmm. insane. Do you remember the last episode of the bracket? People were trying to convince me that snoring in a theater is basically acceptable. I was I was so mad. When they were, when they're like, oh, you're just trying to get some sleep, just trying to get yeah, some sleep, to get leave the them season, alone, dude. If you snore, don't sleep in public. 
Snoring is it, one of like it's like a, just a disgusting noise. Like it's a truly vile sound. <laughs> they're acting like I'm tell I'm like they were acting as if us who were on the the, the anti-snoring side we're like saying like yeah nobody should sleep ever like no like if you're in a fucking movie theater or you're on the like a, a crowded train or a, on the way to work like you should not be snoring like that's just not a cool thing to do you're disturbing everyone how, how different is that no. from fucking like the music people oh whatever this is getting too much of a bracket argument i'm still pissed about that uh but my next uh i mean they, my next they just ex- they just expo- they just expose themselves as snores is what it was. Like yeah. they, they are clearly loud snores, and that's why they were getting so defensive about it. I was like, what are we talking about? Do not snore in public. Don't snore yeah. on a plane. If I sat next to someone who snored the whole flight, I'd just poke them. I would poke them awake. Yeah, because you actively don't want them to do what they're doing, which means you don't want them to snore in public, which was the whole point of the argument. Uh, but anyway, the next pick I have is a movie that makes me cry every time I see it, which is Children of Men. Uh, Children of Men, I think, is one of the all-time great dystopian movies. Uh, Clive Owens, in my opinion, he, he has so he has a lot of really good movies. Although he also has a lot of bad movies, um, he is like his. I think that's my favorite role of his. A lot of other actors in it that are really good as well. Uh, just in smaller roles, like Charlie Hunnam, it's like one of his uh, very very small role. He's a white guy with dreads in that. Very very interesting. Uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor, a um, couple other really good actors as well. Uh, but there's just a really good like. I don't know how to put it like that a grittiness and like a realism of the way that they portrayed a dystopian world, like in the future where it's like, Hey, this is obviously like in the near future. Right. Like, but like, it also feels real. Like so many movies where they're set in the near future, it just doesn't look anything like feasible within the next 50, hundred years. Like this just looked like a slight tinge different than how it currently looked in. I forget what year the movie came out, like 2006, just a little bit more advanced and like just exactly how society in your at least in my head would break down with that exact sort of um scenario with the the whole everyone being sterile thing uh and then that scene at the end of it where he does the walk down the hallway it's every time tears every time dude kills me i i gotta be honest i have not seen this movie uh i do know it's an alfonso chrome banger uh, um so i probably should mm-hmm. watch it soon um so yeah i think a good pick Based on based on just going off paper, uh, good pick. Let's see. I want to see Julianne so Moore. Yeah, almost 2027. My, Michael Caine plays like a pothead weed dealer. If that gives you he's like, he's like a hippie weed dealer. All right. That sounds awesome. And it rocks. It's really good. Uh, yeah, Charlie Hunnam, Danny Huston. Yeah. Classic American military and or senator actor. Uh, and then who else? Ed Westwick. Yeah, the fucking creep from... Oh, no. Chuck? Chuck, yeah, 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 the creep. Both in the show and in real life. Um, but yeah, he, he's a very minor role, like barely in it. He's a creep in real life? Yeah, didn't he get like... He got fucked with... He got hit with something big, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, if you have a whole tab... If you have a whole tab on Wikipedia for sexual misconduct allegations, that's rough. Uh, but anyway, uh, so I have Mad Max, Tojan, and Men. Now you have back to back. Yeah, you can't have a whole tab, man. It's rough. Yeah, he really was just. He was just Chuck Bass in real life. I know. Which, by the way, have, you ever, have you ever watched Gossip Girl? Yeah. Very yeah, recently. If you go back and watch that, like, first couple, those first couple seasons, you're like, this guy's, like, should be in jail. <laughs> Like by episode one, he's just like you're like holy shit, this guy is terrible. Like mm-hmm. there's like okay, there's like teen drug use. That's one thing. He's just like <laughs> a sexual assaulter, an assaulter, mm-hmm. a predator. Uh, but for my third pick, there's probably better movies up here, but I am gonna go with the Matrix. Um, yeah, it's just it is it is iconic. The first Matrix. Um, just like it, it hit the world like a fucking atom bomb. Like it, it really did. Like the measure of how iconic your movie was in the late nineties and early two thousands was how much it was getting spoofed. (laughs) And this movie got spoofed in like every single fucking movie, like movies that weren't even comedies, like we're doing it like, and it still, it still gets done today. Like the matrix shot is like the slow-mo action. Like it was just so fucking cool. The long trench coats, the little sunglasses, the slick back hair, little tiny skinny jeans. <laughs> um, 
but it, it's just it's cool and it's a cool setup of like are are you in are you awake are you not awake like it has like some meta commentary in there too not as meta as the most recent one but very mm-hmm. meta commentary um yeah no it's it's phenomenal uh i don't care if it it's one of those movies where did did they give credit to ghost on the shell on that one uh or i think the, i think over time they did but it took <clears throat> it took a while if i remember right because it very clearly <clears throat> takes a lot of it takes a lot of inspiration there especially in the way it looks and like the design of like their the, the cords in the back of the necks and all like here too like everything yeah i mean but but they do it in a way that's like they do it their own way they add in a lot of their own original visual designs and i mean it was it was a turning point for keanu also like mm-hmm. I, I it's a movie that yeah i love it i wish the sequels were better but it's whatever it yeah. stands alone like you can watch the first one and it stands alone as a movie i think another good um way to say like how big its impact was was the people that would line up for the i think it was the matrix 2 do you remember that clip where it's like that dude that looks like seth rogan dressed up like a fucking like one of the squid machines you ever seen this it's so funny they have like they show like a line for the matrix 2 and it's all these dudes like dressed up like different things from the from the matrix and the guy's like i'm an agent smith and the other guy's like i'm a fucking sentinel machine and like they're all it's it's very very funny uh and, and the one dude that they interview for like a decent chunk like sounds and looks like seth rogan would in like 2000 i guess two or whatever year the second matrix came out uh it's very funny um so you get the matrix and you get one more all right i'm gonna go matrix and are we doing is it disaster apocalypse post-apocalypse see that changes things i'm gonna go with a comedy then and I'm going to go with This is the End. Um, mm. I really do. It's one of those movies where I, I, I liked it a ton on the first watch. Like I, I was like, that was fucking awesome. But even going back and rewatching it over and over again, I'm like, this is fucking, this is great. Like the, them playing themselves is like, that's a thing that really just works for me almost every time. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but when an actor plays them like, plays themselves but in like a very hyper like almost caricature way of themselves and even like just plays themselves in a way that like oh i would never believe that they're like that like michael Sarah being a complete yeah. dickhead like was was very fine this is before like the michael Sarah memes had started to hit the internet where he became like this this uh i don't know like alt girl icon he was just like still kind of the nerdy guy from juno and arrested development <laughs> um and putting him, putting him in that, and like having him slap Rihanna's ass, and like, oh my gosh, it was great. The Channing Tatum cameo, one of the all-time cameos. Um, the Emma Watson cameo, maybe not one of the all-time cameos, but still like gave us like just a great Hollywood story. Uh, Jay Baruchel, maybe at his most Jay Baruchelness. <laughs> He's a straight man. Hey guys, guys, uh, you don't think we should be doing this, huh? That's a great impression, actually. Uh, and Jonah, Jonah Hill uh, just stealing the show as being just just a fucking annoying one. <laughs> just being so annoying and so needy. <laughs> your references, man. Everyone loves your references. Uh, I think uh, one of my favorite parts of that movie, just like the smallest little throwaway thing, is the fact that that pistol was from Flyboys and they referenced it. Like, this guy got this, I stole this pistol off the set of Flyboys. Like a movie like three people saw, but like, I just love little shit like that yeah that, that's just a, it really is just a thing that works for me every time i don't know we i would love more of that shit he worked with uh nick cage right. last year like not as good but like nick cage playing like just a ridiculous version of himself was very funny <laughs> it uh it reminded me the 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 uh flyboys thing of and i was talking to someone about this recently the whole bit in i love you man but the guy's like, yeah, you know, I had direct my commercial M. Night Shyamalan, director of The Village. Like that shit, that shit is just funny to me. Like references to random, maybe not good movies that like not many people have seen. But just hearing a reference like that, it's like that. It makes me Leo meme it like every single time. Um, OK, back now I have back to back. I'll start with 28 Days Later. I think 28 Days Later is one of my my favorite sort of dystopian future like zombie too like even though they're technically not zombies i hate that fucking bullshit like if you're 
a psycho human, basically. Yeah, you're a zombie. Sorry. Yeah, like the same thing with The Last of Us. Like they're infected. They're they're walking dead is what they are. Like they're zombies. Mm-hmm. They're zombies. They're no longer humans. They're they're animals and humans. They're you're a zombie. Uh, but 28 Days Later, I think, is one of my favorite. And that's one where that they put a lot of effort into making that feel realistic, especially with like that whole scene when they're in the center of London and they actually shut down all the traffic in London and made it up to look like it had been deserted for a long time. And like that makes it feel more real. Uh, a lot of good actors in that, too. Like Killian Murphy, obviously coming in an Oppenheimer soon. Brendan Gleeson, Chris Eccleston, I think. And Tandy, Tandy Newton? Yeah. No. No, it's not Tandy Newton. It's someone, oh, but they have a lot of really good cast members in that. And I think it's really well played. Great ending. Great music, too. Uh, fuck, I wish I remember who did the music. Danny Boyle, I know, directed, but I forget. That. Harry Gregson Williams or something like that. That's one of those British composers did it. Great music. Great theme. Like the, the, the slowly escalating thing where it's like dan 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 it's a great theme um but yeah 28 days later when we talk about like best directors working why does danny boyle never he never enters that conversation i feel like and he should it's like he definitely uh, should right let's go through Danny Boyle filmography, because uh, I'm curious besides the ones I know recently, because I know he's done bad ones, like, in the last decade. Uh, let's see. But even, like, something like like yesterday. Like, yeah, you could say it's bad, maybe a little bit of a letdown, but I still enjoyed the hell out of it. Okay, so, like, train spotting to not great. Uh, Steve Jobs, uh, very good. Right. Uh, Slumdog. Like tr- trance, like n- trance was not. I see. I never saw uh, it. 127 hours solid. Uh, Slum Den, Slumdog Millionaire, great. Man, and then like Sunshine. I like Sunshine a lot. Also, that's a great movie. More people should watch. Uh, great, great sci-fi space movie. Um, millions. 127 beach, hours. Uh, the uh, the Franco yeah, movie. Solid. The rock climbing movie. I mean, he's I got he's a lot of do more to great movie. Yeah, he's just got, he's got to do more stuff. Um, but I do like him a lot. I think if I remember correctly, Robbie Fox interviewed him for something. Uh, it might have been yesterday, but I remember Robbie Fox interviewed him for something. Um, I think a few years ago, uh, which is just random. But. <laughs> we we got to get him on so we can just do our uh, our Liverpool the Liverpool bit Liverpool accents with him. Yeah, hey, I'm sure he'd love that. Hey, hey. Hey, rate, rate, rate this. This will be fun. <laughs> uh, the next pick I have is The Road. Uh, another one of the all-time great uh, dystopian movies. Viggo Mortensen's so goddamn good in that. Um, it's just unbelievable. And that's one where it's just like the less you see and the less you know <laughs> makes you more interested. I fucking love The Road. That's also, I, I can't remember what movie you brought up. Or you brought up The Lobster earlier where you're like, that's a movie where you can't, I like it a lot, can't recommend it to anyone. The road, the road is one of those movies where I'm like, you might like the sci-fi dystopian disaster like genre. The road is dark. It's a dark. It's a, it's a very dark movie. And the book is even darker. The book, the book is incredible. And yeah, no, that's a great pick. That, that's a truly great movie. But holy hell, <laughs> depressing. Tough, tough one to watch. Tough one to yeah, I agree with you. Very tough to recommend. Uh, I'd say so that's the most like later. that's the most realistic one. I feel like like if if we did get bombed the hell out of like like nuclear disaster, like what would it actually look like? Like what would society be like? I think that kind of captures 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 it. Wow, I can't speak. Capture <laughs> captures it better than <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Anything else? Oh my god! <laughs> I think I just I think I developed a stutter mid pod. <laughs> mid pod uh so 28 days later in the road for me and the podcast yips you get back to back (laughs) um all right let me go back to oh fuck i lost my list hold on i gotta pull my list back up i had my next pick pulled up fuck you were about to pick armageddon i believe listen armageddon's dumb as shit (laughs) But it, it does. Uh, I was not being a, uh, sarcastic. It deserves a mention here. 
Ooh, I think these are my using MovieRankings.net, by the way, which I'm sorry it has not been updated, but it is still very useful for finding subgenre sub stuff like that. Yeah, um, uh, to the people that keep asking us about that, it don't don't uh, ask. Just assume it'll never there, come but... back, and you'll be sorry. Go ahead. There's there's better movies out there, but. I'm going to take Dread. <laughs> Again? Yeah, no, okay. I'm into it. Listen, you've taken it in like three drafts, and I finally want to be the one with it on my draft graphic. I want to have Dread. <laughs> I want to be the one with Dread. I think we, me and you might be the number one Dread guys out there. The movie fucking rules. You guys have so it. So goddamn good. All right, so the aggregate score is... I was wondering why it's at 78, and it's because Jeff gave it a 70. What a fucking idiot. Boo, bozo pick. Bozo grading. That's a a terrible grade. Listen, Dread, and it's, I don't know how that movie wasn't a bigger hit. Like, looking back on it, like, it came out at the right time. It really came out in 2012, so comic book movies were, like, in full swing. Like, people were already on board. They're like, all right, this is a new thing. Everybody, this is going to be the blockbuster thing. I mean, decently sized cast. It's not the biggest cast in the world, but there are some stars like Carl Urban. He was a well-known name at that point, or at least decently well-known. Hetty's in there. Um, and then the soundtrack is just dubstep, which is... Yo, next round is about to start. You ready? Yeah, yeah, just shopping for a car in Carvana. For real? Yeah, Carvana makes it super convenient to shop whenever, wherever. For real? That's a ton of car options. Yep, and these are all within my price range. For really real? You can afford that? Yeah, with Carvana. And boom, just like that, I'm getting it delivered in a couple days. For really, really real? You just bought a car. For real, and you just lost. My turn. Visit Carvana.com to shop for thousands of vehicles under $20,000. 2012, what else were you listening to? You're listening to fucking Skrillex. Slow mo mm-hmm. shots, like the visuals. It's an, it's such a cool movie. And there hasn't been really anything else like it since it came out. And I can't think of anything else that really compares to it. It's, it's so, so unique. I, I want, I, I would love to see a sequel. Like people keep fan casting Carl Urban as like Batman, uh, Wolverine, other things like that. Just bring him back as dread, do another dread. And I, Everyone I talk to likes the movie. And it was it was had the benefit of being on Netflix for forever where people caught it. I think if they put a sequel out, I think it would do at least decently well. If it was good anyway, that's a tough one to to try and replicate. Um I think two problems just based on what like your your pitch of it is that number one, um I don't even think people really know that it's a comic book movie. You know what I mean? Like I don't think people associate it as a comic book movie. And also, um, the cast, while good for people who like movies, is not star-studded. Like, if you asked people in 2012, hey, who's Carl Urban? Like, the, the best you would get was people be like, hey, the guy who had, like, 10 speaking lines in Lord of the Rings. Like, that's, like, like there's not a lot of, like, like, now they're more because of the boys and shit like that and Star Trek and all those movies. But, like, but like I guess 2009 was, like, what... Uh, or that 2009 was the first Star Trek movie. He played a, a smaller role in that, like Bones or whatever. Like he doesn't have the star power there. Lena Headey, like how long had Game of Thrones been out for? Not even for a year. Few years at that like point. it started. 2000, no, 2011 was the first season. I remember because I was a freshman in college. Uh-oh. Um, the uh, so it had been on for like not even a year yet. People don't really know the they know her as what like the wife from 300 or something like that. Like you need. <laughs> It didn't have the star power necessary to 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 really draw in people who like there's people that would just go in because like they hear, hey, uh, fucking Chris Hemsworth's in this movie. I'm going to go watch it like they, there's people that will do that. And like without that, it was very I think that's tough sell for someone to go to a theater to watch it. But I agree with you. A lot of people when it came to streaming, like that's how I discovered it. I never watched it in a theater. I went and saw it. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I watched it on Hulu or something. And I was this is amazing. Why didn't more people watch this? And uh, but I agree with you. If they're able to get like all the same group, core group of people together and make a sequel, I'd be very down to watch that because it was an awesome movie. And another one that like 
that genre is is very tough in like the mid level budget range to do well, and they did it perfectly. And I think that anytime you get a movie like that where you're stuck in a in like a building, like a high rise, like with the raid or whatever else, like it always seems to work. Like I've always I like those movies a lot. That's true. That movie moves too quick, hour and a half long, and really no like. There's some exposition, but for the most part, like you get there, like there's the first crime, the the chase on the highway, I think, and then you get to that building, and it's just balls to the wall from there. Mm-hmm. So cool yeah, drug I'm too. going dread. I remember it. <laughs> the drug is awesome. The way they call it slow mo, I think is I think they yeah, literally yeah, call yeah. it slow mo. <laughs> yep. Smart thinking. Um, and then let's see. I'm gonna go. Actually, I'll go another comic book movie. I'm going to go V for Vendetta, which is a movie I wanted to draft. I can't remember what draft we were doing recently, but I wanted to draft it and it just was too late. And um, yeah, I'm going to take it. I, I really love that movie. I think it's, I think it's a lot. You guys have it in 82. I think it's a lot better than that. I, I it's Hugo weaving <laughs> his voice, his voice acting there is so perfect for the mask. I don't know what it is but it lines up perfectly like he delivers those monologues perfectly and natalie portman is phenomenal i think and she shaves her head and goes on the rain ah ah, i love it that's one that's a tv cart movie for me in high school you know what i mean like i think i watched that in yeah i think i watched that in ap history or something like because they were talking about the gunpowder plot and uh because that's where like the whole guy fox bullshit comes from um, damn! It would have been cool if he finished if he if he pulled that off. Guy Fox, R.I.P. R.I.P. My dog, Guy Fox. If he blew a parliament or whatever, would have been a sick move. Um, <laughs> really, but really would have been would have been fucking awesome. Uh, but yeah. So I, I think for me, maybe that's why I have it a little bit lower, but because I associate it with that. And also, I remember one of the last LCBs we had. We were talking about the one friend who uh recommends shit. Who every time they recommend things, you know it's going to be bad. Like, and my friend for that. The one who loves the 100, he fucking loves V for Vendetta. He loves V for Vendetta. It's like one of his favorite all-time movies. And we're always just like, that's just an okay movie. Like, that's a solid movie. It's not the best movie or one of the best movies from that era. It's a great movie. And the 100 is a great show. So your friend has some <laughs> spectacular taste. Your friend is yes, a genius. It's so bad. It's so bad. It's unbelievable. Uh, but V for Vendetta, um, that's your last one. So for my last one... I got a lot in the board. I guess we could do some honorable mentions before I pick, but like I have, I am yeah. legend on here. Snowpiercer day after tomorrow, which is, that is an all time TV cart movie. Speaking of like that one, I watched in school probably a hundred times. Um, Armageddon we mentioned before original blade runner idiocracy, which I think just came to a streaming service somewhere, but it, I love idiocracy. It's so fucking funny. Still to this day, Mike judge banger really is. Um, I didn't even, th- I didn't even think of idiocracy, <laughs> Yeah, and that's a great comedy to have in here. Uh, <laughs> so, it's it sounds stupid. <laughs> it's so the fucking funny. plants Gatorade. <laughs> so, yeah. Water? Go like away, from the Peyton. toilet? <laughs> Dude, that, that Star character. Fox, actually- like the lowest hanging... <laughs> just the lowest hanging joke you could make. Star fucks. <laughs> so you know what they make Fuddruckers? But- they made Fuddruckers buttfuckers? Like, it's just like... <laughs> It's so simple, but it's so good. Uh, fuck, man. Now I kind of want to pick it. I was going to pick uh, Akira instead, but like, fuck, man. Now I really want Idiocracy. This is... Fuck, I'll take Idiocracy. Fuck it. Why not? I'll pick one I like a lot. Yeah, I mean, I love Idi- I love Akira. It's one of my favorite sci-fi movies, but I love Idiocracy. Um, it's just so goddamn funny and just stupid. And do you remember like the ending of it, too, when like the uh, the pimp comes out of the uh, like the time machine or whatever, and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna find this hoe," and like just like rocks on <laughs> through the street. Like it's just so stupid, but it's and Justin Long in that too as the doctor. <laughs> I forgot my I so forgot my Rudolph plays a hooker in that movie. I forgot she's a hooker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally forgot that. Oh my god, Carl's jo- Carl's Junior owns your kids now. You're a bad mother. Like it's so fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> they go to Costco. He's like, "Yeah, I went to law school here," and. <laughs> 
it's just it's just so perfect. Uh, all right, so our teams: you have Blade Runner twenty forty nine, The Matrix, This Is the End, Dread, V for Vendetta. I have Mad Max, Children of Men, Twenty Eight Days Later, The Road, and Idiocracy. Good teams. Very curious where people go here. There's there's a good mix of like prestige and stupid on these too. We're uh, very very interested to see how the vote goes. This is also a genre where like a movie can be bad, but can all like we talked about it with um, the day after tomorrow, but like objectively none of it really makes sense if you like kind of step back and you're like this plot doesn't add up mm-hmm. but these movies can just rock anyway like <laughs> like oblivion 60 out of 100 kind of a fair like score oblivion. for that movie i still really i still really like it they have a song with um uh, uh, yeah what's his name in it fucking it was a dozen question and i think i had recently the M83 or whatever Midnight City dudes. The M9, those dudes did a song on that uh, soundtrack. That's like no, it's at the very end of it. It's a banger. It's such a good song. Is it? I can't believe I'm still not fucking getting it. The song is Midnight City. No, the band is M83. M83. Yeah, M83. Okay, yeah, yeah. They have a banger song at the end of that. Although that movie also features what's her name Olga Kurilenko or whatever. One of those actresses they tried to make a thing for a little bit between like that and Bond, and then she just didn't become a thing. Like they wanted her to be yep. one bad. Also has uh, Andrea Riseborough, <laughs> Academy Award oh, nominee. Is she the voice of something on there? Uh, yeah, I think so. I don't, I don't remember then, her in that movie, but I see her on the cast list. Morgan Freeman, I think, it was like the, the um, Equilibrium. Also, <laughs> looking at Gunkata. Equilibrium, another movie. <laughs> so awesome! So awesome! Dude, the so great. fucking gun caught at him just going through, just like, boy, the gun's going everywhere. It's just so fucking stupid, but so good. Uh, Book of Eli, like another movie, like, it's maybe not gr- like a great movie, but like fucking awesome. Like, if it's on TV, I'm going to sit there and watch it. Yeah. So this mm-hmm. genre, like this subgenre, we should do that one day is just draft like subgenres and like movie types. That could be mm-hmm. fun because this would be... This would be towards the top of my list. <laughs> yeah, because I'm just looking through. Like, I'm like, these movies are aren't great, but like, I love, I, I really love these movies. That's true because like, there's a very big chunk of those movies where like, even the ones that aren't good are still more watchable than the other movies graded around the same in other subgenres. Like, I'd rather watch the, uh, something a 50 overall like dystopian movie than a 50 overall like um, I don't know romantic comedy. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, no, that's this our is... dy- that's our dystopian uh, uh, disaster apocalypse draft. Good teams. Uh, we'll be back on Tuesday. Uh, what's our movie for this week? Transformers: Rise of the Beasts, right? Yep. Yeah, and I can Which... talk about it now, and I'll just say I enjoyed it a decent amount. Like it is probably. It's it's probably my third favorite behind only the original and Bumblebee, which I have tied for the same score. It's like just behind that. Uh, cool action. The soundtrack fucking rocks. Um, such it's such a good, it's like a character in the thing. Pete Davidson voices like an I didn't even realize it was him. He's such a good voice uh, role and a cool character as the as the Porsche, the Porsche uh, Transformer oh, Mirage. Very cool. That's like the main. Uh, that's like his like main yeah. guy, right? Yeah, his yeah, dude. I really very like cool. that car. Cool <laughs> that's like that's the one shot they keep using where like the car is like driving and then it like turns yeah. and he like steps right out of the car and the car transforms behind him. That shot's awesome. Oh yeah, that just reminds me that we need we are supposed to be airing Anthony Anthony Ramos in this episode of LCB. So when you're listening, you're going to hear me say an inserted break where I'm going to say now we talk to Anthony Ramos. Uh, and then we'll come back. But Anthony Ramos, actually, it was a very good interview. Very cool. Um, had a lot of interesting stuff uh, to talk about with that, especially that shot. He talked about that shot. And he's like, I can't wait for the behind the scenes of that shot to come out because it's fucking it's bizarre. Um, but yeah, so we'll be back. Make sure you watch Rise of the Beasts. Um, very. It's, it'll surprise you, I think. And uh, I saw a discussing film, their review of it. They were like, it's the one of the blandest of the franchise. Like, have you not watched any of the other Transformers movies? If you think this one's bland, it's like fucking it's unbelievable to me uh it's whatever though disgusting film that's that's me they're they're good guys over there but that was a rough one 
this <laughs> this busting film. Uh, we'll be uh, we'll be we'll be back on Tuesday. Have a good week at the box office, folks. Thank you.